You're the star. Oh, wait, no, we don't start there. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. Enter a dimension that no human being has ever seen. You have been chosen for a mission that has never been attempted before. A journey to the center of a black hole. Scientists can only guess what will happen. You've been warned that you may not return alive. The spaceship Athena will actually enter the hole. Its sister ship, the Nimrod, will only go to the edge and observe. Which ship will you choose to pilot? If you choose the Athena, turn to page 14. If you choose the Nimrod, turn to page 64. But be careful. Once you fall into a black hole, you may end up as a few trillion neutrons scattered throughout space. Or you could be the first person to emerge from a black hole and return to Earth a hero. What happens next in the story? It all depends on the choices you make. How does the story end? Only you can find out. And the best part is that you can keep reading and rereading until you've had not one, but many incredibly daring experiences. You're the star. 15 exciting endings. Choose Your Own Adventure, book 97, Through the Black Hole, by Edward Packard, illustrated by Frank Bull. Uh, welcome to Incredibly Daring, a podcast where we read vintage choose your own adventure books to each other and make generally poor decisions. I'm Jeremy. I'm Jason. I'm Connie. There's yeah. so many, so many just <laughs> bad, bad gutter jokes. Yeah, this will be a dirty episode. Uh, I hope so. <laughs> uh, this book apparently was owned at one point in time by the Sci-Fi Channel. Oh, oh. yep. <laughs> one of their various... Uh, iterations of how they choose to spell sci-fi. Sifi. Sifi. Yep. And also, uh, apparently on page one, um, we will be turning to page two for life. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right, then. Yeah, somebody was real, real excited about turning to page two. I may wind up stealing a choice from you guys. Because oh. <laughs> I found something that I absolutely have to go to. I don't think that's allowed. <laughs> nope, generally not, but I'm going to have to break the rules whenever I want. <laughs> Warning! Do not read this book straight through from beginning to end. These pages contain many different adventures that you may have as you try to pilot your spacecraft towards a black hole. From time to time as you read along, you'll be asked to make a choice. Your choice may lead to success or disaster. The adventures you have are the result of your choices. You are responsible because you choose. After you make a choice, follow the instructions to see what happens to you next. Think carefully before you make a decision. Once you leave the Earth's gravity, anything can happen. Even if you are able to make it through the black hole to the other side, it doesn't necessarily mean that your mission has been a success. Good luck. I'm not entirely convinced that there is an other side to a black hole, but I have not kept up on my sciencey stuff since I was a young young lad. I'm not entirely convinced you can land on a black hole, but we were proven wrong already on that front. <laughs> well, no, we weren't. We were just never heard from again. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we were proven right. We Science! at all. Yeah. You've never been more excited. The end. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. You've just graduated from the Space Academy and you're waiting outside the office of Dr. Andre Bartok the Director of Interstellar Exploration. In a few moments, you'll receive your first assignment in space. You've hardly settled into your chair when a secretary calls. 
Dr. Bartok will see you now. The thin, balding director looks up from his computer terminal as you enter the room. Come in, I've been expecting you. He smiles at you for a moment, then gestures for you to take a seat on the other side of his long, crescent-shaped desk. You glance around the luxurious room, a huge montage of the canop- Cannabis Star System? Canopus? Cannabis. The Cannabis Star System. <laughs> 420, dude. Okay, a huge montage of the Cannabis Star System lines one wall. Opposite is a holographic display screen. Through the window behind the director's desk, you can see the new Athena spaceship parked on the tarmac. You hold your breath as you watch Dr. Bartok scanning your file for your assignment. It seems like forever before he looks up from his screen. You've had a brilliant record at the Academy, he says. Just about tops, and I want to send you on a mission of great importance. I'm going to give you a chance to pilot the Athena. You practically fall out of your chair. Most of your experience has been in simulators and on training cruises. Yet the Athena is the most advanced spaceship in the fleet. It has unbelievable speed and maneuvering capability. For life! (laughs) Turn to page two. (laughs) Page two! (laughs) Well, Dr. Bartok says, are you interested? Interested? I sure am. I can hardly believe it. I would have thought you'd want a much more experienced astronaut for such a mission. Of course I do, he says with a laugh. Then Dr. Bardock holds up his palm. His face becomes serious. The reason you've been selected is because you're young. This mission requires a very long period of hibernation and at least two major time dislocations. Our tests indicate that only someone around your age can withstand the stress involved. Oh, that's really selling it there. Mm-hmm. If we were to put you in this state of suspended animation when you were 10 years older, you'd never wake up. I understand, you say, after a moment. But you're beginning to feel a little nervous. No kidding. Mm -hmm. Just what is this mission about, Dr. Bartok? This isn't what I've heard rumors about. The first probe to the Pleiades star system? Pleiades? Pleiades? Why don't I know how to pronounce any of these? I should know all of this stuff. The first probe to the Plesiosaurus star system? (laughs) Dr. Bartok types a code into his computer. The room darkens slightly, and a projection of the Milky Way galaxy appears on the holographic screen. We have in mind a much more important, more daring mission than that. Nothing less than a trip to another universe. We want to send the Athena to the MX-12, a black hole in the center of our galaxy. But it's a suicide mission, so we don't want to waste the (laughs) experienced people on it. Let's Let's send the young kid. You sit, dumb fuck. You sit, dumbstruck. Dumbstruck. (laughs) Thinking of what you've learned about black holes at the Academy. You know that a black hole is a place where matter is squeezed together, where gravity is so great that not even light can escape from it, which is why, if you were close enough to see it, it would look absolutely black. Such a dumb sentence. Yes. (laughs) That in itself is frightening enough. But what's worse is that everything that enters a black hole keeps falling until it reaches a point where its entire mass or weight is compressed into non-existence. Some scientists believe that all this mass can't completely disappear, that it has to go somewhere. They believe that in black holes there may be wormholes leading to another place in time, but it's scary to think of testing such a theory. I think your scientists are getting the two confused. Mm -hmm. This is, by the way, I, I failed to mention this at the top. Uh, this is the very first book of the 1990s. 
Oh. oh. We have officially crossed over into the 90s selection of Choose Your Own Adventure books. So awesome. We're working with 30-year-old scientific speculation here. So, Good heavens, Dr. Bartok, you ask, which isn't a question. <laughs> <laughs> Good heavens? <laughs> Good heavens, Dr. Bartok? <laughs> You ask. Maybe we're asking if the heavens are good. Oh, yeah, maybe. Yeah. It's funny, though. Good heavens, Dr. Bartok. You ask, period. Huh. Yeah. Then, would even the Athena have a chance to make it through a black hole? Wouldn't tidal forces rip any spaceship into neutrons before it reached the wormhole? Don't know. We'll find out. Mm-hmm. You're That's why we're sending, subject, yeah, yeah. we're sending you, kid. <laughs> Dr. Bartok glances at a document coming out of his fax machine. Ooh, future tech. Ooh. That's the general rule, he says. But the tidal forces diminish in proportion to the size of the black hole. If the black hole is rotating and is big enough, it's theoretically possible to get through. Those words, theoretically possible, bother you. No theory is really valid until it's been tested. And no human brain, or even the greatest computer, can be sure of what really goes on in a black hole. You're not eager to stake your life on some scientific theory. Dr. Bartok must see the doubt in your face because he says, Of course, you don't have to go on this mission. I wouldn't have called you in except that on your questionnaire, you said that you were ready for anything. There is another option. What questionnaire was? Yeah. <laughs> is that for some uh, online dating website or something? That was, <laughs> like... <laughs> that was for his potential partner's questionnaire. I'm down for anything. <laughs> <laughs> There is another option. We're also going to send the Athena sister ship, the Nimrod, to the edge of the black hole. It will act as a backup, an observer. Of course, I must warn you, even going to the edge of a black hole is dangerous. And so, if you prefer, I'll be glad to assign you to the transport service. You don't particularly feel like risking your life getting anywhere near a black hole. But to go into the transport service and spend the next 10 years or so carrying Rillium crystals back from Vega 9 or something like that isn't really much of an option. I'll accept the assignment, sir. Dr. Bartok gets up, comes around to shake your hand. I'm delighted, he says. Now, do you choose to go on the observer ship, the Nimrod, or are you going to go on the Athena itself and try to make it through the black hole? Can we revisit that Virilian job? Because that sounds way more interesting. It's really, um, like really, um, um, really, um, kind of like, uh, <laughs> if you say you'll go on the Athena, turn to page 14. If you say you'd rather go on the Nimrod, turn to page 64. Are we sticking it in that hole or are we rimming that hole, Jason? I, I think we got to go deep and hard. Okay. I don't, I don't <laughs> see any other way around that. So if that ship's going too, then they're also all young? I think so. Probably. Okay. I'll take my chances on the Athena, you answer. Dr. Bartok nods vigorously. Excellent. I wish I could go myself. If you make it, you'll view things you could never see on Earth or even in our galaxy. Things that are literally out of this universe. Mm-hmm. Who will be my co-pilot, sir? Nick Tory. What a break. Nick is one of your best friends. Hey, we can die together with our buddy. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited, you say. You don't mention it, but you're also scared. If things don't go well, you'll end up as a few trillion neutrons scattered by the massive forces of the black hole. Duh. Cape Canaveral. Three weeks later. 60 seconds to take off. The Athena is in place on the launching pad. 
You and Nick Torrey, your co-pilot, are strapped into the command station. The onboard Mark VII Celestial Computer is functioning perfectly. It's programmed by angels, apparently. (laughs) It's programmed to guide the Athena to the very edge of MX-12, the massive black hole near the center of the galaxy. The whole world is tuned to its video screens, watching as the countdown proceeds. The video screens in the cockpit, God willing, let's hope not. I don't know if they... I don't know if it means the world is tuned to the world's video screens, Mm -hmm. or the world is tuned to the ship's video screens. Awkwardly worded. Yeah. Most people have praised your mission as being the most important space exploration in history. Though some have said it's a waste of the government's money and could be a waste of your lives. Some of the top scientists in the world say you'll never get through. That no one ever can survive a trip through a black hole. For all you know, they may be right. You might not make it. But it's too late to change your mind now. Well, I mean, we're the ones piloting the ship, so... A green light flashes on your instrument panel. Just so you know. Green means go. Yeah. Nine, eight, seven, and on and on down to one. Blast off! I'm assuming it didn't say on and on down to one. I'm assuming that it didn't. (laughs) I'm tired of counting. (laughs) You are in deep space aboard the Athena. You and Nick have awakened from a hibernation of several years. So they didn't knock us out before we left? Nope. They were just like, here, you get this terrifying entry into low orbit, and then you can go to sleep? Yep. Probably all sorts of calculations that you needed to do on your way out of the... Well, yeah. I mean, in case we needed to bail ship or something. Yes. Yeah, because bailing ship's going to work. Bailing, bailing <laughs> out. Bailing. It sure worked for the Challenger crew, didn't it? Following its instructions, the computer did not stir you until Athena was a few hundred billion light years from the black hole. Well, snap. So stage one is good so far, not Mm -hmm. like a horror space movie. So hooray! We don't have a murderous android. We just have a howl. We don't know that much about Nick, so. Oh, that's true. We don't know that much about (laughs) Nick. That is true. No, he's our best friend. We don't know that much about Nick. (laughs) You're close enough now so that you've both donned your spacesuits to be ready for any emergency. You and Nick have just made final course adjustments. With the computer's help, you plan to ride a gravity wave into a wormhole that you hope will lead to another universe. There's a lot of hope in this. There's so much hope. In fact, you just hope the calculations are right. The slightest error in speed and course will mean certain death. The view through the window is awesome. You're traveling so fast that the whole sky is distorted by relativistic effects. The fact that you can see a sky in space is amazing. Mm-hmm. Most of the stars and nebula... You haven't even left the planet yet. <laughs> <laughs> we were just hibernating for years. <laughs> it just goes real slow. Like, wait, what did he say about possibly dying if we're 10 years older? Yep. Most of the stars and nebulae seem clustered behind you. They've all taken on an eerie reddish-orange glow. The stars ahead of you, on the other hand, have a purplish-violet hue. In the center of them is a coal-black disk, the black hole itself. It's so eerie, Nick says to you softly. That black hole is expanding even as we look at it, taking up more and more of the sky. Nick whispers in your ear. That's how forward motion works, baby. (laughs) One thing it took me a while to understand, you say, is that even when we're surrounded by blackness, we won't actually be in the wormhole. No, Nick says. 
will be just inside the event horizon, within the sphere from which no light escapes. You didn't watch that movie before we took off, did you? Yeah. <laughs> oh, good! A buzzer sounds. Suddenly, Nick's face loses its color. A red light is flashing on the control monitor. It's a major malfunction. Nick stares at you. Why did this have to happen now? He's punching in a detailed data request. Better now than when we were sleeping, dude. (laughs) Your eyes are fixed on the monitor. It's this terrific gravitational field we're in. Come on, computer, we need information. The computer replies fast enough, but you don't feel any happier when you read the words on the screen. Starboard thruster crack. Condition progressive. Requires emergency EV repair. Not it. (laughs) Procedure. 42-553. Probable time to irreversibility. 88 seconds. 87. 86. 85. You and Nick don't have to discuss what this means. You've been trained for almost any emergency. EV repair means someone will have to go outside the spaceship and repair the damage. Condition progressive means that the crack is getting worse every second. If the computer is right, it's going to split wide open in a little over a minute. Good lord. You can't get outside in a minute. Will you do it or shall I? We're already in our spacesuits. But rock, paper, scissors is going to take a minute. Yeah. (laughs) Will you do it or shall I? Nick asks. The answer doesn't depend on how brave you are. It depends on who can fix the crack faster. You're more athletic than Nick. You're sure you could get in position faster. On the other hand, he has a knack with mechanical things that you don't. That might make the difference. Yeah, he does. If you try to make the repair yourself, turn to page 18. If you tell Nick to make the repair, turn to page 68. Get back there, Nick. Yep. Yep. (laughs) We're delegating in this one. I can always get a new best friend, Nick. Go fix it. Plus, I'm clearly more athletic, so... So I can beat you up if you say no. Yeah. (laughs) Plus, on other ships behind us, they can just send us a replacement, Nick. Mm-hmm. You make the repair, Nick, you say. He doesn't answer. He simply slips on his gloves and helmet and grabs a toolkit. Uh-oh, this uh, might cause right. problems. The, all the color was out of his face. I forgot about <laughs> this, that. Yeah, this might cause problems later on in our relationship. He's like already in shock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in a moment, he is through the door and into the airlock. It shuts behind him. He makes sure the computer countdown is on the frequency of the radio in his helmet. <laughs> Yay, that's a fun added pressure for Nick. Huh? It will be important for him to hear it. You're listening yourself. Seconds to irreversibility, 48, 47, 46. A light goes on on the security panel. It shows the outer hatch door is open. Good, that means Nick is outside, working his way towards the thruster. You want to talk to him, encourage him, but you don't dare say a word. You don't want to distract him. 32, 31, 30, 29. It's terrible just waiting. You can't even see him on the monitor. There's no camera trained on that part of the spacecraft. You wonder if Nick has reached the thruster joint. 15, 14, You could 13, try talking to 12. him and find out. Call what? ass, Nick. What's happening out there, you wonder? You feel panic building up inside you. You want to help, but there's nothing you can do. 7, 6, 5. Time is running out. Oh, oh are we going to die? Then you hear Nick's voice. Mission accomplished. It was no problem at all. No problem? That's just like Nick. Real cool about everything. (laughs) Real asshole about it. (laughs) Good going, you say. Now get back in here. We still have one little problem up ahead. The biggest black hole in the galaxy. You wait anxiously for Nick to reach the hatch and let himself in. 
You touch a few keys on your computer keyboard. <laughs> Just for fun. Yep. In a moment, the screen displays the information you want. Distance to event horizon, 640,800,000 miles. Distance to singularity, 2,822,000,000 miles. Speed, 0.8C. I'm not exactly sure what C stands for. Mm. Crackers. 0.8 crackers. <laughs> a shudder runs through your body. You can survive inside the event horizon. The singularity is another matter. It is the point at the center of the black hole where all matter may be crushed out of existence. The numbers on the screen make the black hole sound very far away, but 0.8c means you're traveling at four-fifths the speed of light. You didn't realize you were this close to the event horizon, the outer limit of the black hole. Once you pass that point, there will be no chance of reversing course even at full emergency power. At that point, gravity is so strong that nothing, not even light itself, can escape its pull. But where's Nick? Then you hear his voice. I can't open the hatch. It's jammed. God damn it, Nick. Hold on. Useless. Why would the hatch be jammed, you wonder? Maybe it's because of relativistic effects. At this incredible speed, you're getting more extreme. Hmm, no, you're not. <laughs> At this incredible speed, they're getting more extreme every second. You can't leave Nick outside the spaceship while you're entering a black hole. Wait, we did all that while we were going so fast? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Good job, Nick. Yep. Wow. Well, I mean... There's no drag. There's, yeah, there's no yeah. drag in space, so... <laughs> you can't leave Nick outside the spaceship while you're entering a black hole. You've got to get the hatch open, and fast. <laughs> or can and, you? Connie and I are both like, maybe. It'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> you run to it and activate the electronic controls. Nothing. You try the emergency levers. They won't move. The metal is bent. You race back to the computer and type in, Hatch inoperable. Metal expanded by effects near black hole. What is the best action possible? We gotta type all that, huh? Apparently so. <laughs> you wait for the computer to respond. You're not even sure it's programmed for the solution to the problem. Precious seconds are ticking away. At last, a response comes up on the screen. Apply a minimum of 600 pounds pressure evenly to exterior of hatch surface. Good grief, that's no help. There's no way Nick could apply such pressure. Desperately, you type in, what's the best way to apply pressure? Mm -hmm. I don't know, throw a countdown in there or something? <laughs> you have to wait almost 10 more seconds for the two work apply. I love how he's just peppering numbers into this thing to stretch it out. Mm -hmm. I think maybe they're talking about peer pressure. Oh. You need to go visit the Nimrod and have it make fun of the Athena. Mm -hmm. 600 pounds of peer pressure evenly yep. applied to yep. the exterior of the ship. Mm -hmm. Get your shit together, Athena. <laughs> <laughs> you wait almost 10 more seconds for the two-word reply. Centrifugal force. You almost scream with frustration. Why is the computer being so slow and so unhelpful? God damn it, computer. Then you remember that it is the best onboard computer ever built. Oh my god. And you apologize to it yep. for doubting it. No other computer its size could handle such a range of problems. But you don't have time to ask it more questions. You've got to use the computer in your brain. <sighs> <laughs> you know that you could use centrifugal force to open the hatch. All you have to do is adjust your course slightly. You only have to decide which direction to turn the ship to cause the hatch to swing inward. The door is on the starboard or right side of the ship. Should you turn the Athena slightly to starboard, or should you turn it left to port? If you adjust course to starboard, turn to 38. If you adjust course to port, 
turn to page 46. Seems like you need a little more information than that, like which yeah. direction the door swings. And mm-hmm. Well, in centrifugal force, to me, I was thinking we'd have to totally just start spinning this freaking ship around. Right. Yeah. Like, I don't. I mean. Okay. Uh, this doesn't seem like a good idea in general, but yeah, uh, I'd say let's let's I, I'd say port. Uh huh. Agreed. Okay. And it gets brushed off into space. Bye. Acting to adjust course to port, you command the computer to fire a minimal burst from the starboard thruster. This causes the ship to turn slightly to the left. At this speed, even a very slight course change produces an inertial force of over six Gs. Strap yourself in. You're thrown hard against your restraints, and it hurts. But what hurts more is realizing that you've been thrown to the right instead of the left. Oh my god. The hatch is not only opened, but it has flown off into space and taken poor Nick with it. <laughs> what? Woo! Mission accomplished! The G-force subsides. The Athena is traveling in a straight line now. But you feel horrible. You must have been suffering from space fatigue to make such a mistake. I was going to say space madness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, sorry. No space madness yet. We're not in the event horizon yet. Poor Nick and poor you. The course change you just made put the Athena on the wrong angle of approach to the black hole. Well, no shit. There's almost no chance of avoiding destruction now. You quickly instruct the computer to compensate for the variation, but you're too late. You can already feel the control shuddering, the cracks opening in the hole, and then nothing as the Athena is crushed in the singularity. Well, we both died. We just oh, didn't die together. End. That was a good book. Yeah. I'd I, I give it two thumbs up mm-hmm. for sure. There wasn't a... Uh... Really, a whole lot of choices between then and now, yeah. I well, just, let's turn it the other way. And oh, can, yeah, we want to turn it the other way. You can turn it the other way, way, or you can choose to make the repairs yourself. Oh, let's turn it the other way. Or we can hop on the other ship. Oh, yeah, yeah. or you can hop on the other ship. So there's like three choices so yeah. far. Yeah, I mean, we're going to turn it the other way. Okay, so you're just going to turn starboard then? Yeah. Boring. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Acting to adjust course to starboard, you command the computer to fire a minimal burst from the port thruster. Instantly, the Athena turns ever slightly to the right. At this speed, even the extreme slight course change produces an inertial force of over six Gs. Good, it's the same amount of Gs. Yep. You're thrown inward, hard against your restraints. The inertial force has opened the hatch. Nick flies in, landing on his feet on the other side of the hole opposite the hatch. Fortunately, his heavy space boots absorb the shock. A moment later, the air in the cabin rushes out through the open hatch. Pulling Nick with it. (laughs) Nick goes floating wildly around the cabin, coming to rest only when he's able to grab the handholds near the airlock. You hear his voice in the radio in your helmet. Thanks for getting me in here. I'll get this hatch shut so we can repressurize. Okay, you answer as you adjust the ship back on course. Let me know if you can use some help. But even as you're speaking, you can see that no help will be enough. The force was so strong, it not only forced the hatch open, it ripped it from its hinges. Nick kicks off a wall and floats over to his control station a few feet away from yours. Neither of you say anything. It's obvious you're in deep trouble. Headed directly for a black hole, with the hatch door open, trapped in your spacesuits with a limited supply of air. It's dangerous enough trying to get through a black hole under perfect conditions. To continue on now would be suicide. Oh, now we get to die together in this one. Nick has already asked the computer what options are available, and now the answer's coming up on the screen. Option 1. Reverse course at full power. In 13.6 hours, you will be sufficiently free of magnetic interference for your radar image to be visible to the observer ship. Option two, maximum power. Set course for planet Nikron. No other options. What do you think, Nick? 
Shall we ask what percentage chance there is in each option? He shakes his head. It won't compute. Too many variables. We don't know where the observer ship, the Nimrod, is. It may already be on its way back to base instead of hanging around the fringes of the black hole. As for Nikron, we know it's the nearest planet to the Tau Gamma system. You glance at the chronometer. It's almost at the event horizon of the black hole, the point beyond which nothing can escape. If you try to catch up with the Nimrod, turn to page 41. If you try to reach the planet Nikron, turn to page 45. Max power? Yeah. Yeah. Going for Nikron? Going to Nikron. Forward! Now, we don't know who lives on that planet. Let's go there. You set course for the planet Nikron. The computer reports that it's only 23 billion miles away. You should be able to get there in a few days. Search the data file, Nick says. I know a probe was received from there some years ago. Okay. Do is there aliens in this? I, oh. Nobody's mentioned anything about aliens yet, so... I know a probe was received from there some years ago. Huh. Could have been a probe we sent that came back? Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe if we read on, we'll find out. You're already asking the computer to scan its memory. Yeah, we have quite a bit of information about Nikron, you say. As I remember, it's quite similar to the Earth. Oh, convenient. Yep. It has a moon, and is it just the right distance from its sun? Sounds good, Nick says. Someone told me that it was almost a perfect planet, with plenty of food and resources, beautiful forests and lakes, everything we could want. Oh, Sweet. We're we going to re- land there and repopulate. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> we just built our cabin or and populate. Because yeah. I guess you can't, re- we can't repopulate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I heard that too, you say. But for some reason, it's not a good place to live. I wonder why, Nick says. A moment later, the answer comes up on the screen. Planet Nikron. Analysis. Nikron is a perfect planet. It has every resource to be found on Earth and no pollution. That's what we just said. Except for that fog that turns everyone inside out. However, all spaceships are advised to stay away from it. Nikron and its sun and moon are all falling in toward the black hole. They will reach it in seven months, three days, six hours, and two minutes. Yeah. The end. Oh! Wait. (laughs) So did we go or did we not go? We we went. Because we didn't have any other option. Well, it's ambiguous, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, so we retired we after our failed one mission, and yeah. then we died seven months later? Yeah, we retired for yeah. seven months. That's okay. Had seven months of... Bliss? Very, very wonderful sex with your best friend, Nick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On a perfect planet. Otherwise perfect planet. For seven months of exploring his black hole. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, do you want to try one more? Or are we good? Do you want to wait for the Nimrod? Or reverse to the Nimrod? Yeah. All right. We are going to check out the Nimrod. Let's go slink into the Nimrod with the tail between our legs and tell him of our failure. You quickly instruct the computer to reverse course and seek out the Nimrod. Make sure you're locked tightly in your restraint, you tell Nick as you punch instructions into the computer. We have no time to waste. You knew you were pretty close to the point of no return. Still, you're not prepared for the pressure as the computer orders maximum power to bring the Athena on its new course. Though the event horizon of the black hole is still hundreds of millions of miles away, the gravitational force here is incredibly great. Only a supremely advanced space drive, like the Athena's, could break such a grip. The ship turns ever so slowly. For some reason, I expected it to, like, back up. Right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, not turn. Full full reverse thrusters. Yeah. The ship turns ever so slowly, following an arc through space tens of millions of miles long. At the crest of the arc, the point where you're closest to the black hole and the gravitational force is the strongest, the ship seems to hover as if it can't decide which force to yield to. You bite your lip. Beads of sweat are falling down your face. 
despite the lack of gravity. <laughs> Wait, we repressurized the cabin, didn't we? No, because the door is gone. Oh, right, the door's gone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, good point. The viewplate of your helmet fogs up. The slightest loss of power now would mean certain destruction. The seconds tick by, slowly at first, then more quickly. The distance to the black hole begins to lengthen. You hear Nick's voice in your speaker. It's too soon to celebrate, but I think we're going to make it. You give him the thumbs up sign. Sixteen hours have passed since you escaped from the gravitational field of the black hole, and its magnetic interference has diminished to a point where your radar will function. Nick is desperately scanning the area where the Nimrod should be. He's still trying when you pick up something on the radio. It's coming from a beamer, a missile containing a radio that beams a recorded message. The repeating message is digitally encoded, and you quickly instruct a computer to decipher it. Then you tell Nick to look at the monitor. The message is already coming up on the screen. To Athena, from Nimrod. Mayday, mayday, we're finished. Uh-oh. Oh, shit. Lost power in our main thrusters. We're being pulled into the black hole. By the time you receive this, if you ever do, we'll be gone. Good luck, mates. Farewell. Oh, my God. oh well. You shed tears when you read this. Tears of laughter. The Nimrod is surely doomed, for there is no possibility of its getting on precisely the right course and speed to get through the black hole. We don't even have enough fuel or oxygen now to reach home base, Nick says, or even to go to Nikron. I'll ask the computer what our options are, you say. It seems like forever, but it's really only a few seconds before the answer appears on the monitor screen. There are no options. So instead of seven months, we get just like a day. Well, Nick says, we'll just have to hope the computer is wrong. Maybe we should start for home and hope that another spaceship is cruising way out here. Guess so, unless you want to hope for another miracle and try to make it through the black hole. Either way, it seems hopeless, Nick says. You shrug. You have to agree with him. And as if you weren't having enough trouble, your spacesuit isn't working right. Feels like a steam bath inside. If you try to cruise toward home for as long as you can, turn to page 44. If you try to head the Athena back toward the black hole, turn to page 86. Black hole, black hole. Yeah, let's let's go back to the black hole because All fuck right. this book. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, cool. I don't actually have to take a choice from you guys. You instruct the computer to head... I mean, this is... It's not going to be great for an audio-only podcast, but it's going to be great for me. <laughs> you instruct the computer to head the ship directly into the black hole. There's little chance now of approaching at the course and speed that would get you into the wormhole. You're almost certain to be crushed by tidal forces before you reach the singularity, the point where thousands of stars have been compressed into nothingness. It may also be the point where the rules of physics no longer apply, where there may be a passageway to another universe. Only a few minutes pass before the blackness opens up before you. It is surrounded by a ghostly purple glow, the light of millions of stars, their strange colors caused by the relativistic effect. You are now inside the event horizon, past the point of no return, even for light itself. Somewhere ahead of you is the singularity. You're hoping that by some miracle you'll make it through as the Athena plunges ever deeper into the darkness of the black hole. Turn to the one page I absolutely wanted to reach. Past the point of no return. Nice. It's just two pages of black. I'm I'm fine with that. And then on to page 95. Because, you know, it's paid by the page, so we've got to add numbers and just blank black pages. Yeah, yeah, it couldn't have been just one. Nope. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so after two pages of total black, let's turn to page 95. Your name, along with Nick's, 
is engraved on a brass plaque over the main entrance to the square to the space academy to the square academy what the fuck <laughs> to the space academy you will always be remembered as one of the great space explorers though you'll never be as famous as the lucky few who were able to make it successfully through the black hole yeah fuck those guys the end wait how's how's how did they know we didn't make it through the black hole yeah we totally made it through that black we hole we made it through yeah we're living it up we're living in an alternate universe so go us alright yeah I like that I had fun Jason didn't seem too thrilled I, by it <laughs> like every single choice from that path was just death 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 yeah like, yeah that's why no you read good, these books Jason <laughs> there was no good outcome on that I don't know I don't know what you're talking about that was just I mean, one good outcome after another we got to the page that Jeremy wanted so yeah. success for that one yeah, I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna give that one a hard pass, Edward Packard. Oh, I liked it. Yeah, I had fun with it. I'm definitely gonna recommend it. Ooh, switching, right. I'm switching allegiances this yep. episode. I'm yep. sorry. That's all right. <laughs> yeah. Um. Shit. I don't know if there's anything else to say. Normally we have stuff to say about this, but I just, this is just a decent book. After <laughs> after fucking um, you are a superstar. The Edward Packard. Oh did. yeah. Yeah. This is like a palate cleanser. Tennis the book? <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I didn't have to pay 15 bucks for this book. This was just like a $4 book or something. Uh, Sweet. Well, good. So that means the next one that you have to read is going to suck. Uh-huh. Yeah, probably. Yeah, that's probably true. All right. Uh, if you want to check out more Choose Your Own Adventure books, go to CYOA.com. If you want to check out more of Edward Packard stuff, go to EdwardPackard.com. And if you want to check out more of our stuff, go to IncrediblyDaring.com. That's it. I'm Jeremy. I'm Jason. I'm Connie. The end.